Hello, uh, this is BJ Ramon, and uh, excited to be recording another uh, podcast with you guys. Uh, of course, as always, Don Bird is with us and Marcos Leon. And uh, today we're going to be talking about trauma. We're going to be talking about what is trauma, and uh, we're going to be taking the perspectives that we have from from our vantage points. And, uh, and talking through those things and getting an idea because we want to we want to spend the next several podcasts talking about uh, about what trauma is and and how we respond to it and and dealing with trauma. And so today we want to get some idea. We we'll use the word trauma. What do we mean when we say that? So, uh, uh, Don, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks. Thanks, BJ. I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. Good to be here. Yeah, uh, Marcos. What, what about you? How are you? I'm good. I'm excited, actually, BJ. I, I, it's not that I like trauma, but I right. like uh, when when we talk about things that help us overcome trauma. So I'm pretty excited. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I wanted to read a couple of definitions. Uh, and, you know, definitions are good because they give us a framework from experts who I'm sure they didn't just sit down and, you know, 10 seconds come out with a, with a definition. They, they have a well thought out, a lot of smart people got in a room together and, and hashed out, uh, you know, all the, uh, the verbology that goes into this, uh, into these definitions. So it's a, it's a good framework, but I think with any definition also elaborating based on our anecdotal experiences is, is helpful too, you know, because sometimes the, for some personalities, you read a, you read a definition and you get kind of trapped in by that, that definition thing. Oh, this is, this is all it is. Um, and, and get lost in the, uh, in the words. So we want to, uh, talk together about our thoughts on these, on these definitions. So the uh, APA, which is the American Psychiatric Association, uh, defined trauma as an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, rape, or natural disaster. Immediately after the event, shock and denial are typical. Longer-term reactions include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, strained relationships, and even physical symptoms like headaches or nausea. While these feelings are normal, some people have difficulty moving on with their lives. Psychologists can help these individuals find constructive ways of managing their emotions. Uh, and the ACA, the American Counseling Association, says uh, defines trauma this way. A, ser a serious situation or occurrence that happens suddenly. It is urgent and usually unexpected and demands immediate action. The term comes from the Greek word meaning wound on a physical level. Trauma means that the force on some part of the body was so great that the body's natural protection, the skin, skull, were unable to prevent injury. In this situation, the body is unable to mend the wounds without medical attention. On a psychological and emotional level, a person's spirit and sometimes the will to live as well as beliefs about the world and one's self-dignity uh, and sense of security, thinking, and feeling have been impacted the same way. Usual ways of handling stress become inadequate. and just like a physical injury, when medical attention is needed, the the same is for uh, for this in regards to uh, attention to uh, mental or spiritual attention. Uh, 
So uh, hearing those definitions, uh, we'll start with you, Marcos. You know, do you have any initial thoughts that come up for you when you uh, when you hear that, or anything you would add to those definitions, yeah. or um, any elaboration you want to add to it? Yeah, thank you, thank you, uh, BJ, for bringing those there. As you say, very good definitions, and I have to admit that I cannot but think my also head of counselor in, in trauma in that aspect. But um, my thoughts uh, as I, I sit with it in the spiritual context uh, had to do especially with the idea of the word wound. You know, wound. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, trauma is, is a wound uh, for the soul. Okay, that's kind of my, my definition. My soul is wounded. But it's not just a wound that, like, you know, we, 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 we fall and, you know, have a little wound and it passes. But this is, this is a deeper wound. This is a wound that has not healed properly. I like, I like this, and I borrowed this also from the counseling. They talk about big T trauma, right? And little T trauma, right? And this is a kind of an oversimplification. But big T trauma is too much, too soon, too fast. You know, too much, too fast, boom, big trauma. And you get it, right? Experience, that experience that was trauma, traumatic uh, for yeah. me. But the, the little t trauma, and I, I, I encounter a lot of that uh, in spiritual uh, direction. It is too little, but too long, too long, for too long time, you know, has to, it's not as intense, it's not that I'm being abused right now, but it is this invalidation of, of my experience or it is this um, little wound that has gone uh, for too long in my life to the point that I believe that the wound is me, right? So, and, and that affects, uh, affects my soul. So, so those, those are kind of my first, my first thoughts in the spiritual aspect that I think I, I encounter. I see a, with the subtleness of little T trauma often. You know, and it becomes an obstacle in the spiritual development, if you want, journey of a person. Mm -hmm. So those are my thoughts, yeah. I like that. Uh, and and I, uh, specifically, what uh, stood out when you were saying that is is differentiating between uh, what we classically think, you know, big traumas versus the these little, little you know, little T's, like you are saying. But, but they're both relevant. Uh, Don, same question. You wondered if you, as you read this or heard this, that uh, anything come up for you, anything you wanted to add to it or uh, thoughts that you had? Yeah, I appreciate what Marco says. And I had some of those thoughts too. Um, it feels a little pretentious to say I didn't, there were parts of these very long, well thought out definitions. Um, but I think for me reading, um, that it's, it's an emotional or yeah, it's emotional response to a terrible event or a serious situation. Um, yeah, those seem to be like a person would think, oh, well, it wasn't terrible or it, you know, was it really that serious? And I, I think, yeah, I think we can think about the big T, little T trauma, but I think also sometimes definitions like this might stop somebody from really taking seriously something that happened or, yeah, do I really need 
help for this, whether I need to go to a spiritual director or a counselor or a coach, you know, is it that big of a deal? And so I just was thinking about another definition that, um, that I have read recently that said that talked about trauma as a response to a deeply distressing or disturbing event that overwhelms the individual and their ability to cope. And to me, that, that seems like a, maybe a more accessible way to think about trauma. And as the person thinks about it for themselves, as the helper thinks about it, that, yeah, and what might be deeply distressing to one person might not be at all to another person. And so it's all in that individual's response to whatever happened. Um, And and Marco's kind of touched on this. I I think that the words I would add are like, if it was unpredictable, if it was extreme or prolonged, any of those things add to the chance that there was, you know, um, that there was some trauma that existed. I, I think the only other thing I would add is like if if something happened and we developed fairly maladaptive ways of dealing with it, then something significant happened. And um mm. and, and maybe that's maybe it's like, wow, what you're what I'm doing, what you're doing isn't working. And so something happened along the way that um, cause this. And so let's, let's step back and kind of think about this a little bit. So, so would you say, and you can correct me if I'm misunderstanding what you're saying, would you say that, that trauma then would be defined per individual, but, but based not on the event that happened, but more so on the evidence that, that they're not adapting? Yeah. Yeah. And and I get that we have to have like certain markers. I mean, you can't just like have this loosey goosey term out there. We have to have certain markers. So I, I get that. I think those are important. And I, I do think what you said, I agree that, you know, and people really do. I responded to different things than my siblings did. And we're in the same household, right. the same thing happened. Um, so I do think it's how it's not so much different, but how it affects that person. What else is going on at the time? How old they are? Um, how much support was given to them after? All of those things seem to play mm-hmm. into how, tra- you know, quote unquote, traumatic the event was. Right. Okay. I appreciate that because you know, I, I've seen clients and, you know, we we dive into childhood a little bit. And they say, well, you know, nothing, they specifically say nothing traumatic happened in my childhood. And then as they start relaying things, uh, sometimes my mind is that sounds traumatic to me <laughs> or, or they start revealing, here's how that's impacted my life. And just like you were saying on, it just wasn't, uh, there wasn't the, the tools in place and there's, there's evidence that the adaption wasn't there. Um, so it's, uh, so I like that. I like what you're saying, that it was that there's evidence to say, yeah, there, there was trauma. Like you said, sometimes that doesn't mean a one-time event. Sometimes it me, means it's prolonged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, go ahead, Marcos. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add and say I like a lot how uh, you help us to to go from a concept, Don, to to story, <laughs> to a person, right? So, and, and I think that when we talk about trauma, it's so important. I mean, both. There's this this dialectical 
reality. We, we need we need statistics, we need data, we need science, we need to know what happens in the brain. And we need to, to address the story and the individual unique reality. Uh, the, the evidence that you talk about, uh, BJ, uh, of, of there's something maladaptive. You know, I, I think a lot of the narrative, right, or the, the story that they tell, how they interpret the meaning that they create, especially in the little T, sometimes in the big T too. But you know, okay, I, I've sat with people when, as you say, uh, BJ, they, they are telling a story and they are completely regulated and they are talking about that like it was drinking a glass of water, right? And here I am, tears in my eyes. Or, or I've seen my wife, you know, I remember especially a neighbor in a low-income apartment complex that we used to live. I see my wife crying. She could not stop. And, and the other person was saying, well, what? what's wrong with you? And you say, well, sorry. You know, it's, it's terribly sad to hear what happened to you. And she was, well, it wasn't, you know, it was not, that was my life. It, it was like, like that. So, but, but that was also a moment of, of evidence for this, this uh, lady, it was a, a female to say, wow, I, I saw the tears that I never cried or I have forgotten in the eyes of other person. And that kind of becomes a little bit of a, a, a aha moment. What is this, right? So that's what comes into this uniqueness reality, and I appreciate that too. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, and that I that really generates a, a lot of questions for me because you know maybe someone's listening to this and they're they're wondering, well, uh, you know, I haven't been through a a hurricane, I haven't you know experienced one of these things, but I so what? How do I know if traumas in my life? And so. You know, I like what you said, because sometimes people feel like they've adapted, but maybe they've just shoved it down <laughs> until and 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 so I'm wondering, uh, you know, we can we can start with you, Marcos. What what are things that you see in people like how do you see trauma playing out in people's lives? What's the evidence maybe that they see in their life or, you know, when you're you're in your guiding people, you know, that it that it's clear that it's impacting them. And even if you, you answer from your own own life, you know, what have you seen trauma? impact you what's the, the evidence the symptoms you know that you see of course i love the question bj to try to to answer <clears throat> briefly let me start uh, with uh, uh, what i see kind of in a spiritual direction a lot and uh, what uh, something that is personal but also in the spiritual arena so uh, you know what i see most of the time is uh, is that people who come to spiritual direction, they are either aware of, of a huge trauma that happened in their lives, but they are very stuck. They are somehow trying to, like, like you know, bringing this to God. I mean, not everybody brings a trauma to God. But let's just start there. You're growing up, your tradition, your story, your family, your experience with religion, with communities of faith, have uh, changed completely the way that you deal with trauma in that aspect. So it seems that I need to be, okay, you know, God is busy doing other things that are really important in Afghanistan. And they are, believe me. But so he doesn't really cast time for little me and my story that is very sad, but, you know, I'm still fed and I have money, I have a job and whatever it is, right? So there is no connection with uh, a healer in that wound. And some people... Uh, actually 
got stuck in that and compartmentalized that and you talk about spirituality and that is, oh, okay, I already forgave. I already pray about it, but there is no exploration. of. I wonder what does it mean for them, Jesus touching their wounds, you know, like he, Jesus touched his own wounds, right? The trauma was there. Right. There was evidence of the trauma. And I usually ask those kind of questions and it's very disorienting for them. I say, that's not the spiritual journey that I know. They are afraid. They are insecure. The other part is people who are stuck not in the trauma, but in the religion, right? This is not about it. This is not about that trauma. This is about Bible, or this is about what God should say, you know, I should, and I call it, we call it the, the spiritual bypass. You know, there's a spiritual card, like you're playing cards and you throw the God card and okay, sorry, I cannot do the move right now. We cannot talk about it. Move to the next. <laughs> and, and just touching those places uh, of a stuckness, religion, or trauma itself, pain, it's, it's tough. Um, let, let me just share with, in my own life, I grew up in a family that loved me, and it wasn't perfect. There were, there were big things going on and, and dysfunction, for sure. Lots of it, now that I am older, I know about it. And I still love my family, right? But, but I was in a spiritual retreat one time. Spiritual, you know, silent retreat, and you know, the, the speaker has been a person that I have recognized a lot of, a lot of mentorship for me, and kind of God speaking to to, to me to this guy, and it doesn't have, to, it's not that he's speaking to me, but you know, I, I have that sense. That's the, the spiritual arena. This is kind of my teacher, and he was not talking about trauma. It was a question that somebody asked. It was like completely on the side that came and he mentioned the words emotional abandonment. Right. And I cannot tell you what happened to me at that moment. He, he says something like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes when we, when our memories are being, uh, or, or, or early memories as kids are of being alone. Sometimes, you know, there might be some emotional abandonment. Something like the world has stopped for me for a moment. And in five seconds, I jotted in my, in my uh, little notebook, five bullet points of memories that I had being alone when I was a kid. And I just knew that something touched my heart. I couldn't go there. Okay? I'm going to stop here. I, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> start crying or anything like that. But I put it aside. Uh -huh. But I had to come back that, to that night in the spiritual silence. Man, I start crying. I didn't stop crying for hours. And the next day I knew I needed to talk with my wife and I managed to, to be okay. But when I, I needed to share with her, and I knew that was going on. We went to a park, we were in, in San Francisco, we went to this Japanese garden that is so beautiful. But this is the place and I say, you know, I wanna tell you what happened yesterday. And I started crying and I didn't stop crying for a couple hours. And you know, it has taken me a long time to unfold something that in the moment of uh, grace, okay, towards emotional abandon, abandonment, I heard them for the first time ever. And I think that tells you also that trauma is not something that we can say, okay, Let's, let's finish with trauma right now. In the next five sessions, we're going to deal with your trauma and you're going to be okay. <laughs> 
there's a lot of grace that is needed and that's kind of the spiritual side into this conversation so so that's the story sorry for taking too long but uh, that's no that's great that's exactly the uh the response to the question that we're looking for because because we want to be aware of of evidence of symptoms and and sometimes it's not a it's not you know available to us that we don't we don't see it because we've gotten real practice at putting it away and and a word or a phrase like you said can can trigger something and and it's good to press into that yeah and if i can just add very quickly you know i i, w- I was a very functional human being love god i was keeping my job so if you want symptoms the only thing that i can tell you is why, why is this this never ending tendency that i have to withdraw right people that i have to kind of i don't want to deal with it you know when, when the, the temperature is, is start increasing in conversations with julie oh my gosh i can almost not stop this this thing of, of going to my cave emotional cave and staying there because it's for the sake i call it that way and i have given the name i'm an introvert right then there's nothing wrong with me but after unpacking this thing oh my gosh oh my gosh you know all those connections he was there all the time that was not me right yeah dada wonder anything uh from the question that uh, originally posed or anything that marco said uh, uh brought anything up for you or anything you want to add to that yeah first of all that story was just so moving marcos thanks for sharing that i just really felt it in my body um mm-hmm. And I think you just did such a good job of describing the maladaptive part of what happened that, you know, and with Julie, with your spouse, I mean, we just, we have to, you know, there are going to be, there's going to be intensity in that relationship and to not be able to stay in it. Um, yeah, that, that doesn't lead towards probably much, you know, it doesn't give the opportunity for reconciliation and repair and all those things. So I think that was a good way to identify a very functional, uh, hardworking, God-fearing man, but also that maladaptive side that affected, you know, the person you're probably closest to in the whole world in that relationship. So great example. Um, yeah, I think, first of all, just a couple of things that I see in the in some of my uh, um, helping relationships is, um, yeah, kind of like an inability, it can be said in a lot of different ways, but inability to be close to others, emotionally connected, um, maybe even know what, what a person is feeling or thinking at the time, um, just a disconnection to that. And the other thing I see is just a lot of fracture in relationships, whether it's a gosh, parent, child, whether it's a sibling relationship. Um, yeah, that, 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 I think the maladaptive part is, yeah, that, that relationships just aren't where, where they could be. They aren't, they don't exist in a way that, that helps each person to be the best they can be in the world. Um, and, I, and I think for me, what, what I've noticed probably, and this is just one example of many things, but yeah, I mean, I grew up with an alcoholic father. So, you know, and a mom that was, you know, just very, as often goes, pretty codependent and pretty, pretty absorbed with his life and trying to get him better and trying to raise five kids. And so, you know, I, like any other kid, I needed that affirmation, acceptance and approval. And, and yeah, that, that there wasn't, there wasn't space for that. And so 
I'm highly sensitive to my performance. Like I'm, um, I'm, I'm very like self-aware of it. I'm also aware of other people's response to me, maybe what they say or a look. And so I, yeah, that's, so the, the mallet, it, so it's okay. It's okay that that's happening. It's, it, it sort right. of pushes me to be better. I do a lot of, like, I'm pretty tenacious, but also when I, um, but when I also just question my, my just value as a human being based on my performance, or I decide I'm not going to, like, I fail once at something, I'm not going to try again. Or I just decide I try something and I do it for a little bit. It's not going well. Okay. I'm just going to stop that because I can't handle that. Any, you know, any threat of disconnection from another person in any kind of way, whether it's a disapproval or, and sometimes this is all perceived. This is all in my mind. Um, And so, yeah, that's, I think the maladaptive part that, that I'm talking about. I want to, I want to try new things and I want to keep going and I want to have a posture of learning and that I'm not going to do it perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. And um, yeah, I want that to be what, what I focus on. And so it's that, yeah, it's, it's that work um, that I do with my coach and, and that I hope to help other people with as well. Yeah. Uh, I like that. And, and so a lot of our conversation has been around uh, kind of these uh, lack of a better word, maybe hidden traumas that, that we've experienced, things that have, have laid there, festered for a while. And and there's more there's more present trauma as well that, that people go through uh, that we think of. And I, I uh, wanted to throw this out there, and this is a, a curveball, but <laughs> what, uh, what do you see with... Uh, anyone who has to answer with PTSD, you know, and, and, and things like that, that, that it's clear that someone is not, not functioning, you know, uh, like Marcos, you mentioned that you're able, you, you do life normally and, and everything. You're just seeing little pieces here and there about withdrawal, you know, and, and things, but, but I'm wondering, uh, you know, if someone's listening and, and they're, and they're seeing their life be, uh, in disarray, what what would you do to uh, what are some things like to, to know if they have PTSD or not? Because I know we'll have another podcast about what to do with trauma. So I'm not asking what you do with it, but how would someone know if they had something like that? Do you think? Yeah, thanks for. Yeah, it's a, such a great question. And what got me of that is somebody's listening and saying, is this something clinical? I'm using kind of a term that is more counseling. Is this something? So this this will be my my first, uh, my, my answer. I'm trying to also be faithful to representing, you know, spiritual direction and, and the spiritual aspect of this. Uh, but uh, talk about it. Let's start there. You know, this is not something that you just post in Facebook or Twitter. No, this is uh, something that you need to talk. And you probably will discover, you will see your tears. I mean, like in the story that I was saying with Julie, when when you're able to find somebody that cares for you, loves for you, this is not about fixing anything right now. This is just sharing and saying, you know, I, I wonder, I wonder. Talk about it with people. Think of babies. Babies are born, right? We are all born and we have this capacity to self-regulate some 
a lot of bodily functions at temperature and stuff like that. But we are desperate in need of people outside of us and other human beings, mom, caregivers, to regular, self-regulate emotionally. That is the basis of, of attachment, right? I believe in the spiritual aspect that God has designed us that way. If you think that you had trauma and you think that you can work it out yourself and you know, journal, journaling is really good, by the way, but you can do it alone, even with God, I encourage you to talk about it, express that. Talk with somebody. That will lead you to one thing or another thing and maybe to a counseling office where somebody can actually help you with the other aspect that's very helpful of this, that is the science and the brain and, 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 and the behavior and all that stuff. And that is truth. That's also spiritual because it's truth. But I start talking about it. That will be my piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what, yeah, I think it's really good. I think, yeah, if it helps a person to know if they, like, from a clinical perspective, have can check all the boxes off and they're like, okay, so now I'm going to take this seriously. If that helps them, then I think good, you know, maybe, yeah, and do some research or, or whatever. Um, yeah, I think, I think I, I disagree with what Marco said that, like, it's so trauma like it it happens in in the context of other people and so the which which all of our lives do but the experience i mean there has to be an experience of being connected to someone for the healing to occur like because we're social creatures and because it's almost like our mind experienced this trauma in a certain way so our mind also has to experience like the putting back together of the pieces that got fractured and we experience that in our mind, we experience that in our body. And so doing it with someone else, if that's kind of what we're talking about. Like, do you need to, what do you do? Do you, do you need help? Can you do it by yourself? Um, yeah, I, I would say that it, it can happen. It cannot happen alone. That has to happen in, in relationship. Um, because that's how we're kind of designed. And yeah, it's hard to have an experience of connection without another person. And as we experience connection with another person, safety, um, safety in, in the whole relationship and being able to talk about things at the pace that the person's able to begin to talk about things. They're not pushed, um, they're in control. They get to decide those things. Um, then, then our, our mind and body start saying, oh, okay, okay. So this can, like, I can, I don't have to feel this way all the time. Like there's an experience of something different. Right. Right. And so uh, what I hear from both of you guys is paying attention to the patterns in our life, the way that we're relating to people and, and taking serious when we're seeing that something's off where we're, constantly seeing ourselves fall into patterns that are unhealthy for ourselves or others or seeing ourselves uh, question why, why are we having a hard time uh, adapting to situations, to events, to, uh, you know, to life, because there's probably something that's informing the way that we're showing up. Uh, you know, our brain doesn't just play tricks on us for no reason. It, it's, it's set up to protect us. It's set up to, to uh, guard us against things. And so when there's, when there's, brokenness and, and uh, 
our patterns and our relationships, then it's something to key in on. And, and uh, I like that. And yeah, I know we, we have a certain amount of, uh, we, we want to keep this in a certain time frame, uh, but, but I also don't want to skip past uh, the idea that, that trauma can be something that's experienced in a communal or global level as well, that, it, that it's not always individual. And, and sometimes we think, oh, well, something hasn't happened to me, but, but you know, we, we just went through and are still going through a worldwide pandemic. That that has impacted. Uh, obviously, it's impacted lives specifically, you know, uh, and it's impacted the way that we we do things, uh, supply chains, and going to the store, and 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 we found out that we believe different political ideas from our neighbor and our family, and uh, and there's a there's a lot of potential trauma individually, but and definitely trauma that we've experienced globally. Uh, that's there and and should be processed. Especially, you you think about people who lived on their own or people who were extroverts who were you know uh, siloed off for a certain amount of time, and 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 then you get back around people and you're wondering how do I be? How do I be around people? Do I are we shaking hands these days? Are we hugging? Are we nodding at each other? Or, you know, uh, and so there's a lot of social you know dynamics. Uh, with that trauma too, and and so the uh, opportunities, the potential for trauma is abounds in, in life in general, and it's not excluded exclusively for the times that we're experiencing personally. You know, even the last few days, as we've seen uh, Ida come through and impact, you know, two different parts of uh, the United States, and and. Uh, and when I see the pictures, you know, I, I travel back to 2017 and going through Harvey here ourselves and know what it's like for my fellow man to be experienced those things. And you and you start looking for ways to help, obviously. So I just I didn't want to get through this this podcast without at least mentioning that there was communal trauma that, that we experience as well. And it's good to pay attention to where that's showing up in our body, like you were saying, and, and where does that show up in our relationships. And how that's impacted us. Yeah. Either one of you have some closing thoughts? Uh, just Jake, very briefly, I think it's so important what you're saying uh, about the, the social context. You know, when we even talk about anxiety, you know, trauma and the context of society, you know, what happens, you know, and I think we're living that. I think you you're right. And one of the things that the only thing I'd like to add is sometimes that that uh, extra level of stress or trauma or, you know, whatever that global situation is, is influencing us, what it does, it, it, it enacts, it activates parts of trauma of my past. Right. And suddenly, so this is not all, all the same, also the uniqueness. Suddenly, I am finding these huge things coming that I cannot control. And I say, where did it come from? I want to I wanna blame it on COVID, right? Uh, but the truth is, uh, past trauma is there. Right? The body keeps the score. And, and this might be, I'm going to put it that way, right? The grace uh, of God uh, inviting you to pay attention in, to places of your own life. Mm-hmm. that have not uh, been the, the goal of, of all of this I, I keep thinking is healing so 
not uh, so I can see trauma, just the wound, but I can see through the wound, right? To to, to what happened after the wound, and there is a lot to say about it. But uh, I believe that that is a positive thought. You know, what what if I overcome those things? What if I I overcome? Don, do you, do you have some uh, closing remarks that you'd like to add? Mm, I had a thought earlier and then I, I kind of, um, oh, I know, I know. I just wanted to, so I so appreciate what you said, Marcos. I wanted to kind of circle back to us, like, you know, the things in our lives and the, the, the things that are maladaptive. And for some of us, um, a, a step might be that, you know, we might not know what those maladaptive things are. You know, we, we're pretty good at kind of, oh, like maybe that's bad, but it's not that bad. Um, so I think, I think an important part is having people in our lives that are willing to give us really honest feedback about ways that, that we are maladaptive. And that's super hard to do. It's a vulnerable. I know in faith walking, we have certain assignments where we, where you, you know, the assignment is to ask people, well, can you always count on me and never count on me? Or what do I do when I get defensive? Um, and we put those in there because most of us don't have built in places and relationships where we ask for feedback. So, so that might be a step. Um, even asking people, you know, just, even in, in the context of this whole pandemic, yeah, what have you seen in me in this pandemic that maybe you didn't notice before that I need to pay attention to? Um, those might be steps that for any context someone's in that uh, whatever kind of helping relationship they're in, that that might be helpful. Thank you both so much. Uh, this is a, such a huge topic and I'm glad that we're we're kind of uh, squaring off several uh, episodes of our podcast to be able to talk about it uh, because I feel like we scratched the surface, you know, and got some good ideas out there, but and I feel like hopefully we accomplished our goal of defining trauma and uh, that we could move forward together. So look forward to uh, talking with you guys more about, uh, about trauma and what we can do with it. Thank you both for your time.